0: Finally Finally Yes After two long damn years After two seasons Bowling Green finally gets a win at home. At Doit L. Perry Stadium. They get their first win of the season. While the Rockets struggle with the Hurricanes. Detroit takes the series over the tribe. That's great. But the Indians claim the pennant. Kicking Woes. And defensive bows continue to struggle in the NFL for both the Lions and the Browns. And it's time to put on your jackets. As the jackets are in action. Preseason action. We'll take a look at it. As you are listening to All Andy offered this morning, right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be iTunes... Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podcast Now, Cast Cast Now. However you're listening to me, wherever you're listening to me. Thank you for tuning into the program today, and whenever you're listening to me, thank you so much. And oh, I love you guys, and welcome into this Wednesday morning edition of All Andy Alford. Yes, Wednesday morning. Uh, got a lot to get into today, of course. Before we continue on, I want to, before we begin to dive into there's a world of sports. I want to take some housekeeping notes, news and notes to get passed along to you guys. Um, first and foremost, I want to thank my host from Saturday Morning show. I, and I want to thank you, the v- listeners, for listening to the show this past week. As we did the show Saturday morning from Bowling Green, Ohio. Um, we did the show Saturday morning from my friend Drake's house. Drake and the, the beautiful couple of Drake and Delaney, Grittinue, uh both friends of mine um, had a wonderful time with them, great host, uh, great atmosphere down in Bowling Green and, um, truly a pleasure to have them as friends and thank, and I want to thank them from the bottom of my heart for hosting me and letting me do the show in their house, in their home, and, um, being a guest in their house, uh, two beautiful cats that they've got, um, and, um, the, the house is perfect, it's a nice little scenic house, uh, and I told him I said, hockey season's coming. So <laughs> So um yeah, there'll be um more trips to come to Bowling Green for that um as well. Uh, we were planning to do this show on Tuesday night, but uh the 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 timing of the show ran long due to the Tiger game, as well as trying to catch up with the uh the blue jackets as well too. We were gonna do the game after the blue jacket game. I said, Okay, we'll do that. It didn't work. It didn't work out in the end, you know. The jacket game ended right around ten thirty. The tiger game ended around ten forty-five. I was thinking about doing the show right around that time, but I thought about this morning, and this morning there was the final game in China for the NHL. So I said, you know what? Let's do the morning. Let's do a morning show like we would usually do, like I used to do in Bowling Green, and you did all Andy Elford in the morning, so why not do it in the morning, so that's what we're doing right now, so all Andy Elford, and this would be, this is weird, because this would be the usual time slot I would do the show in Bowling Green, when I went to Bowling Green, it'd be 10 o'clock in the morning, doing this show, and yeah, this brings back nostalgia, we were talking about this On uh, Saturday, me and Drake being down at Bowling Green and walking camp through campus and everything like that—the nostalgia that it is. So I thought I'd bring a piece of nostalgia back to the show and to you know you, the fans. And it is uh, truly a pleasure to be with you today. And if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, what are you doing? Hit that subscribe button, and you'll see shows every now Tuesday and Friday with a special edition of Friday's show. Every Friday. Now also one more housekeeping note to pass along. We were planning to do the show Friday as a Facebook live show. That didn't work out in the end. So I do apologize to you Facebook fans that listen to the show. And watch the show at the same time too on Facebook live. We will have the show this Friday. It will be a Falcon Friday edition. We'll preview the BG Miami game. As well as other games. But let's get into it first. And boy, oh boy, finally, Bowling Green gets the win. It is about damn time. They have not gotten a home win since 2016, folks. It has been one full calendar year since Bowling Green has won a home game. Since Bowling Green has won a home game. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. And they played an Eastern Kentucky team that is so good, so unbelievably good. They gave Kentucky a run for their money two weeks ago, and they play Bowling Green. And at one point, Eastern Kentucky led the game fourteen to nothing. And I was at the game. I was struggling to see why are we, why are we struggling against an FBS school? But the thing is, the defense never gave up. I mean, the the team never gave up. Defense didn't give up. The offense never gave up, and and BG just kept pounding the football, and they got the win. True, it wasn't that much of a clean game for Bowling Green. They gave up a ton of yards on the ground, and that's that. I could tell I tell you this, this the same time over and over again. Our run defense is absolutely horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. And that's what scares me. That is what really, really scares me. I We can't give up over 300 yards of rushing every single game. I've been looking at this last week. Last week against Maryland. Against Maryland. Bowling Green. Gave up a total amount of 444 yards of total rush defense. Okay. The week before, they gave up a total of, let's see here, 281 yards of total rush defense. This week, 389. We're already talking over a 1,000 yards they have given up in rushing this year. That That's not going to win any football games. Pelini has got to get these kids in order. He has to. And it's missed tackles. They have to tackle better. Plain and simple. But the fact that you know this team never gave up. They never quit. They kept fighting into it. And Daggy was one of the was the top tier performer. As Bowling Green cruised to a gets the win in comeback fashion, they win forty two to thirty five over the Eastern Kentucky University Colonels. Daggy twenty eight for thirty nine two fifty eight four touchdowns through the air one interception. Andrew Clare. 25 touches for 90 yards, one touchdown in the game. Uh, for Morris, eight catches for 93 yards, two touchdowns in the game. Palomo, eight seven catches, 82 yards for two touchdowns in the game. For Eastern Kentucky in the game, McCluskey had 19 carries for 168 yards, three touchdowns in the game. Allen six for 14, 10 yards of passing, no touchdowns and no interceptions. Carter two catches. 67 yards, no touchdowns. Breakdown looks like this. Eastern Kentucky had 23 first downs to Bowling Green's 26. Bowling Green had a total amount of yardage of 388 to Eastern Kentucky's 498 yards. Almost 500 yards total offense. 109th of the year for Eastern Kentucky. 258 for Bowling Green. On the ground, like I said, Eastern Kentucky, 389 yards. To Bowling Green, 130. Eastern Kentucky committed three turnovers in the game that helped out a lot for Bowling Green's sake, and they com- Eastern Kentucky committed seven penalties for 88 yards. Bowling Green eight penalties for 69 yards. They also had one turnover in the game. So Bowling Green getting the win, 42-35 over Eastern Kentucky on Saturday afternoon. Great crowd on hand. It was a sell. Uh, in my opinion, it was a sellout. It was a complete sellout. And for the fact that, you know, UT was playing Miami, and I'll, 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 give you, I'll give you this. I'll give you this. I noticed a lot of Miami fans came down from Toledo after that game because I had at least see four or five, maybe you know, six Miami shirts. And I asked one of the guys that were down there that they went to the UT game, and they said, yeah, it was a great game. And we're headed down to Columbus where our flight doesn't leave until 9 or 10 o'clock. We, we saw that there's a game here. We could, might as well stop and take a look. And sure enough, Miami Miami fans came down to see Bowling Green play. So it was great to see that. Um, But, yeah, it was a great game, great effort by the team. And I give the team the credit for this one. I don't give Mike Jenks credit for this one. Bad play calling in the situation as well. But, um. As traditional, every Tuesday edition of All Andy Offer, we play you the audio from Saturday and Monday's press conferences from both Mike Jank from Mike Jank's press conferences. We'll start with Saturday's. He was in a chipper mood on Saturday for the press conference, and um, he dives more into it here with this. Occur- currently, from from the media production from Bowling Green State University.
1: Our BG uh, Falcon fanatics, our community came out and supported our football team. Um, you know, when your back's against the wall and you're banged up and, and you're limited and, and you're, you're you're without some of your, your upperclassmen and some of your better players, uh, uh, it, it takes everybody. And our, our, our first off, hats off. Game ball goes to Miss Danny, our team trainer, and her staff for, for putting those guys back together and give us a chance to go out there and compete. But uh, I can't say enough about our crap. So, what were you
0: telling the team down 14 nothing anything
1: at all? I didn't tell him anything, sustain, uh, keep grinding, do what we do, you know, don't beat yourself. You know, they went out and they had two long drives. I had confidence our defense, would get it fixed. Um, I knew that once some of those young guys got in the moment, uh, uh, the Marlow kid, uh, uh, Noah Massey, the first couple of plays, his eyes, their eyes were big as saucers. Those guys started to settle down a little bit and they started to make plays. They're very talented individuals. This is, uh, I mean, this was those guys' first time actually being the guy. And that's a little bit different than going out there in practice. So once those guys settled down, I thought you you, you were able to see uh, uh, some of their skill set and some of their potential. Um, a guy I got to uh, you know say a little bit about that, that we've been waiting to step up big is is Derek um, I thought he made some some great play, some some great plays uh, uh, to keep some some big time drives alive. So uh, you know uh, everybody stepped up. Um, you know Rico Fry, uh, Andrew Clare started to cramp up because of the heat. Uh, Rico is another one of those freshmen that we talked about. Um, uh, that that really, uh, he was up this week. We because um, you know Rabion was out. Um, we we usually carry. Uh, we usually rotate three guys. He got his opportunity. I don't think he shied away from the moment at all. So hopefully those are things moving forward as we get some guys back. As we we get healthy, it only provide uh, some more weapons and and you know more depth. Isn't that Scotty today?
0: And it looked like Jared is starting to find some sort of connection with Quentin. Yes, sir.
1: Uh, I I think that uh, those guys are real close on and off the football field and and there definitely is a confidence there. Uh, He's a big body and and he's a handful. And I think what helped that a little bit was the fact that Derek started to make a couple plays in that second quarter and then RB kind of settled down. We were able to hit some balls to him and some of the plays we tend to throw to Scotty. What did you see on the run defense and what
0: needs to get better
1: next few weeks? We got to tackle better. Um, we, we, that 's as simple as that um, you know again um, guys we 've we 've done a good job of of getting them in third down um, situations and uh you know, we've given up a lot of explosive plays, big plays, plays in those situations. So those are some things that uh, uh, Coach Pelini and I will take a look at, and those are some things that will get rectified. What did you
0: make of the defense on the last drive, kind of a bend but not break?
1: Well, that's kind of who we've got to be, guys, as we go through the season. I mean, that's that's who we are. Uh, we know, again, our roster is not where we want it to be. It's a work in progress. Um, and, and we've got some young guys, and and uh, uh, nine and, and at 17, uh, um, one's a freshman and one's a sophomore at the defensive end position. And, and, you know, they're going to be really special players, you know, so um, you know, we're going to continue to work with them we're going to continue to, to teach technique and, and uh, you know we don't have anybody else, no free agents coming in coming in. For the time being, do you expect opponents
0: to run it right at you the way the last two teams have done? Wouldn't you? Yeah
1: yep. Any more? Good one, right.
0: um, yes, uh, yes. at the uh, at one point had through that bad interception, but then came back and then said, made some plays that you were pretty impressed with. Yes, sir. Is he getting is he getting to the point where he's game
1: managing better than you? He, he, he is. He's doing a good job of a managing the game. Again, I just we got to talk to him that you you can't you can't win the game on one play, but you can lose it. You know. I mean, I think that's one of the things that the great quarterbacks understand. You know, and again, the, the kids, what the game is this for them? Six, seven, eight somebody have the facts. He really hadn't played a ton of college football yet. So, uh, uh, like where he is, but uh, he is he well. is a work in progress. Just a, uh, nice to be here after, after a W. Um, and again, I said it at the press conference following the ball game, our crowd was tremendous. And, uh, we need you. We we need you this week versus Miami. Big ball game, opening conference play. Um, let's 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 continue to keep this thing rolling. This is your football team. This is our town. Um, let's do this thing together. So with that, uh, I'll start our press conference. I
0: like, think it's fair to say that this is arguably the most important game, single game on your schedule, just
1: because of Absolutely. Absolutely, you know. And again, make you, as we, what we've tried to do is make sure that. Uh, we have a mindset that the next game is the most important game, but uh, um, this is a big one, um, without a doubt. Uh, you know, it's the first conf- first conference game. Uh, uh,
0: and- so, before I continue on with the Monday press conference, I like to say this about Saturday's game with with Jenks. Jenks was was a great plate caller in this game. And you know, like I said, it was Daggy's game to play, and he, you know, he rolled over pretty easily. Eastern Kentucky finding the players, and Derek Budovam with the great catches, stepping up, and like he said, the freshmen stepped up. And injuries, you know, you know how bad they were injured. See, this is what the problem is. They're a young team. And they have veterans on the team as well. Too, they were injured, so it was a f- almost a freshman and sophomore class team on the field. So the chances that Bowling Green, you know, getting better, it it was it's gonna get better. You know, their top receiver, Scotty Miller, was out in this game, and it showed that there you know there is wide receivers that are gonna be able to be cut to get Butabon being one of them, Morris being another one. These kids are going to be good, you know, and to continue on on this, the press conference from Monday, you'll hear his demeanor about this upcoming week against Miami of Ohio, and you'll also hear about um, some, you know, in-depth takes on what's going to happen this week in practices as well as in why they need to and what they're going to have to do now to stop this run defense that they've been giving up over 300 yards, over 200 yards a game.
1: That's opponent that we kind of split with one on one and had two great ball games with, and it's one that can really set the tone uh, kind of for the season. How bad did your kids need to get a victory and just feel that satisfaction of walking off the field after a win? Well, confidence is key. Confidence is key in this conference. And um, my couple of years being involved with it, I think the team that believes that, that, that they're going to win has been the teams that have been successful. Um, you know, and, and for whatever reason, we've kind of lacked that. We've kind of found a way uh, to, to not be successful in, in those moments. Um, you know, this is a different ball club. They got down 14-0 in a heartbeat. And they didn't blink an eye. You know, I think our uh, defense staff did a great job of making some adjustments with some fits. We got those things kind of cleaned up. Um, And offensively, you had some guys kind of started uh, being the guy for the first time with Scotty Miller and and during those guys uh, being out. uh, Early on in that first quarter, we had some balls that we dropped. And then as that game started to slow down, you saw guys like uh, Arden Marlowe, Noel Massey, Derek Budavon, who were being targeted really as the guy for the first time, start to step up and make some plays. Now, when you bring in, uh, you know, your your, your, your kind of – elite star, uh, whatever you want to call it, receiver coming back, uh, your your deep threat, your speed threat, and you put him back in the mix, and and those guys are starting to play with some confidence, uh, um, you know, we we might uh, be on to something there.
0: Because your depth started to come through, is the offense, are you starting to see shades of this offense looking the way you really want it to? Um,
1: I think that uh, we've got a long way to go. We're not where we want to be, but uh, um, if, if you go back and if you study video of EKU, uh, um, they they had played Marshall, uh, Marshall's pretty dang good offense, and um, they they held them pretty much in check uh, in in that ball game, Um, and and really I I thought that even being limited, uh, once we got rolling, I think we were operating at a pretty um, high level, you know, uh, like we had talked about prior to the ball game, that defense was built kind of, to stuff the run, and I thought that those guys did a good job of, uh, uh, sticking with the run game, I think Andrew may have had 20, 25 carries for 95 yards. Uh, but you got to do those things. you got to do those things just to keep those guys off balance. And not only that, uh, uh, you know, we, we want to, in some ways, we, we want to snap 80 plays a game to make sure we're, we're giving our defense uh, some sort of rep. So I liked our balance. I liked our efficiency. Uh, definitely things out there that we needed to continue to improve on. Um, but uh, I think we're moving in the right direction
0: got and Scotty have
1: obviously got this
0: kind of connection, mm-hmm. but for Charity, yeah, I mean, is there a, uh, could there be more of a trust factor with the other receivers now that? You know, I think that's
1: has? huge. Yeah, yeah, Tom. So I think I think that uh, that's gonna that's gonna serve us well uh, moving forward. Um, yeah, I think him and Quentin have started to to, to develop that and that, and that, and that that trust, um, but guys like uh, again Derek Rudavon. Being honest and truthfully, hadn't been targeted too much over uh, throughout his career. And he made some tremendous sketches. And you know, he stepped in a way that we've been waiting for him to step up. And uh, then again, we feel like the, um, the Marlowe kid has a very, very similar skill set to a Scotty Miller. So uh, uh, if you get him rolling on the other side and the inside and get him with some confidence and get him involved in the game, uh, it could present some unique problems
0: after you looked at the tape, how much of the run defense is guys not in position? How much of it is just guys are in position and
1: not tackle? Well, we, we were gapped out most of the night, early on in the ball game. Um, you know, we had a couple of guys that uh, just weren't doing their job, to be, we'd be uh, quite frank and honest with you. Um, and other than that, uh, they lined up correctly. Um, we got to tackle, period. We got to tackle better. And uh, you know, we work on on a daily basis with uh, a lot of that is, is looking at it as a coach of staff. Some of the things that we talked about, uh, kind of looked at the number of snaps that we're asking those guys to play. And, and you know, we've got some young guys, but we need to get them out there and, and we need to get those guys rested to make sure that we're fresh uh, late in the ball game. I know Miami's a winless team, but you know they've been in a lot of games and they've played some good teams as well. Yeah. Um, what, what do you see so far from Miami Well, Miami's Miami. Like I said, we've had two great games with them. Um, two years ago, our ball game, they came in here what 0-5, 0-6. They beat us here in a great ball game. They went on and won the next five and went to a bowl game and played the heck out of a great Mississippi State team. Um, you know, last year they, uh, you know, they kind of kind of had a similar schedule this year. Played Notre Dame prior to playing us. Got banged up. We were able to get a win. Um, you know, they played two uh, quality opponents, FCS opponents, uh, just like we had, just like everybody in their MAC has. You know, and and they'll be ready. The thing about Miami that you'll notice, that I've noticed is these names that I'm reading on this roster, have been the same since I've gotten here. So from an offensive standpoint, you know, you've got um, Gus Radman, great quarterback. He's been injured a little bit um, throughout his career, but when he's healthy, he's just gives anybody in our conference, you know, the Kenny Young kid, the Smith kid, these guys are redshirt seniors and have been there for a while, the big receiver. uh, He went out of the game in the first quarter, but I'm sure he'll be up and and ready for us, uh, the Gardner kid. Um, so um, they're big up front, and they, they got some talent at the skill positions. And, you know, they'll, they'll be very productive from an offensive standpoint. And then defensively, they're senior heavy. Um, but number five, the McMullen kid, the linebacker, he didn't play in that game last year, but this is probably one of the better defensive players um, in our conference. He definitely controls their defense. Um, Montgomery is another senior that, that's kind of backed on the back end, number 21, um, that's a veteran and kind of gets them lined up. So they'll be sound they'll be sound and I think it's going to be a heck of a ball game
0: kind of mentioned before about taking care of your games at home now that this is a math Mm interdivision game how much is this a barometer for how you evaluate this scene well
1: it's it'll be huge moving forward because you know the winner of this ball game is going to be sitting in a real good position you know we've got another non-conference game uh the following week, but, uh, to get back to, uh, on a win streak and start to gain that confidence and to be two and two, uh, after four games, I think that, uh, when we looked at our schedule, I think a lot of people would be very pleased uh, with that, out- with that outcome. So, um, it is a big game. Um, we're excited about it. We, we, uh, we want to see our community out there supporting us. With the struggles stopping the run,
0: I mean, do you guys do anything differently? approaching it the same way? Well,
1: you gotta, you gotta keep approaching it the same way. I mean, it, this is not the time to go out there and do, you know, 45 minutes of tapping drills because at the end of the day, um, we can't pick up any free agents. These are the guys that we're gonna have to go to war with. Um, you know, so again, you can talk about and preach the fundamentals and proper techniques and bringing your hands and a lot of those things. You know, there's a balance there. I think somebody showed me a stat. I think we're in the top 20 in uh, fumble recoveries and in the top 20 in an actual give it up form of fumbles you know which is kind of a one of the reasons we were able to win that game last week well we talked through some of those things you know the first guy there secure the tackle bring your hands throw your guns right um, and then you know the second and third guy maybe start going for the ball so just some little bit of, little bit fundamental things that we'll start to teach and, and talk on but no we don't extend practices or or anything like that uh, we've got a, uh, a plan in place and we stick to it do have news on Scotty or Arabia um I do not have news on either um We will have a staff meeting this afternoon to where I mean we'll be informed on um, what uh whether or not they'll be available or not
0: so you heard Mike Jenks press conference there, and the thing is you know you could you you heard him in the press conference. You know, these these guys they're going to be going to, they're going to war with one another. There's no free agencies. There's no anything like that, and so it's the next man up mentality. And if, if for me, it's all recruiting. You know, if one man goes down, your your second best guy should be right there, and Jenks has done that in some parts parts of the game and some parts is not. And he made mention of it at the end of the press conference that there's not gonna be forty five minutes of extra tackling this week. It has to be better by each individual player. They have to step up the game. And um there is good news out of the whole situation. That press conference was done Monday. Uh was told to uh yesterday afternoon that Scotty Miller took practice yesterday. He could be ready to go on Saturday. He is questionable for Saturday's game against Miami of Ohio Redhawks. And that game at 3.30 at Dwight Perry Stadium. The last game of the homestand before the Falcons head on the road for two games. They'll go to Georgia Tech. And then we will be there October the 6th at Rocket Hall in UT for the UT-BG game. The big rivalry, the I-75 rivalry. We are making the announcement right now, October 6, 2018, while Andy Elford invades the University of Toledo in Rocket Hall. Even though we do the show here in Toledo, we talk Bowling Green, the BG flag will be flying high as we walk into the Glass Bowl. Um, myself, Lucas Sigerson, as well as a few other guests will be doing a roundtable discussion before the game for this game and taking in the atmosphere that is the I-75 rivalry, and um, speaking of UT, let's dive into the rest of the college football spectrum. And University of Toledo, a great crowd on hand, a 36,000 in attendance for the Glass Bowl, half of them being Miami of Miami, Florida fans. Yes, the Hurricanes came to calling as the Hurricanes battled the the Toledo Rockets. The hurricane 21st rank in the country, and they just put a shellacking on the. Uh, they put up, you know, it was twenty-one-seven at halftime for this game. I was watching this game before I went over to the UT game. Twenty-one to seven at halftime, and Miami just continued the onslaught. Roser is going to be a, a Sunday quarterback. He's going to be playing in the NFL. Thirteen for twenty-three, two hundred and five yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. He also had eight run, eight rushing attempts for eighty yards and three touchdowns. He was the f- the points getter in this game. Derek Dallas, 17 touches for 110 yards, 1 TD. Thomas, 5 catches for 105 yards, 1 TD. As the Miami Hurricanes destroy. Let's lead Rockets, 49-24. Goodwall had a good game, 13 for 21, 222 yards, 2 TDs, 1 interception. He also had 15 carries for 47 yards. Derek Johnson, 6 catches for 119 yards, 2 TDs in the game. You break down the game, it looks like this. Miami had 24 first down attempts to Toledo's 17. Miami had a total amount of, of offense of 473 yards to Toledo's 334. 205 through the air, 268 on the ground for Miami. 222 for Toledo, 112 on the ground. Here's the big thing. Toledo had 5 penalties for 38 yards. Miami, no penalties. That's right, no penalties, no laundry on the field for Miami in the game. And Toledo had that one turnover, and that chain came running out on the field, and no turnovers for Miami. So Toledo has Nevada this week at the Glass Bowl before they hit the road, and then they'll come back home to play Bowling Green. And like I said, November October the 6th at the Glass Bowl, All Andy Elford invades the glass bowl for that game. Other games, of course. Let's talk about Ohio State. And this was the last game before Urban Meyer returns. And boy, oh boy, the FU Tour Part 2 College Edition. And they continue to roll as they beat TCU 40-28. to 28. Haskins, 24 for 38, 344 yards, two touchdowns, no INTs. J.K. Dobbins had 18 carries for 121 yards, no touchdowns in the game. K.J. Hill, six catches for 95 yards. For TCU in the game, Robinson, 24 for 40, 308, one touchdown, two INTs in the game. And those INTs were costly as one of them was a pick six. Anderson, 2 all catches for 154 yards, two touchdowns heights two catches 57 yards one touchdown in the game you break down looks like this Ohio State had 29 first downs to TCU's 22 526 yards of to total offense for the Ohio State Buckeyes TCU 511 344 and 182 on the in the air and on the ground for Ohio State and in the air for TCU 308 to 203 on the ground both teams have five penalties both teams had a total of 40 yards of penalties, but TCU with three turnovers in the game. For for the Horn Frogs, as TCU takes their lickings, they'll go, they'll continue their track, and see what happens. Ohio State welcomes Tulane this week, and the welcomes back Urban Meyer. So, SMU traveled to Michigan to take on the Wolverines. And Patterson had a good game. 14 for 28, 237, three touchdowns, one INT as the Michigan Wolverines get a 45-20 win on a warm afternoon. Hicks, six, 7 for 16, 113 yards, one touchdown, one INT in the game. Jones, 15, 13 ca- carries for 50 yards, no touchdowns in the game. Pruitt, 11 catches for 166, two TDs. Brown, all Brown, also the quarterback for SMU, 11 for 17, 180, uh, 82 yards, two touchdowns in the game. As uh, Like I said, Patterson, 14 for 18, 237 through the air, three touchdowns, one INT. Chris Evans, 18 carries for 85 yards. Guthrie four catches for 95 yards. Derek People-Jones, four catches, 90 yards, three touchdowns in the game. As overall, this week, other scores... In the NCAA, looks like this: Kansas was a winner over Rutgers, fifty-five to fourteen. Ball State loses to Indiana, thirty-eight to ten. Maryland gets trumped by the Temple e. Owls, thirty-five to fourteen. Troy takes a one-point-seven million dollar paycheck from Nebraska and beats Nebraska twenty-four to nineteen. Eleventh-ranked Penn State gets the win, sixty-three to ten over Kent State. It was Illinois loses to. South Florida 25-19, Miami of Ohio who Bowling Green will be playing loses to Minnesota 26 to 3, sixth rank Wisconsin. Talk about kicking problems. Kick misses the tying field goal and sixth rank Wisconsin goes down to BYU 24 to 21. Missouri gets the win over Purdue 40-37. Northern Iowa loses to Iowa 38-14. Akron getting the win in Northwestern 39-34. Ohio loses to West Virginia, excuse me, to Virginia 45-31. Buffalo gets the loss, the win actually, over Eastern Michigan 35-28. Delaware State getting thrumped by Western Michigan 68-0. It was the third-ranked Georgia Bulldogs a winner 49-7 over Middle Tennessee. Oklahoma getting the win 37-27 over Iowa State. Clemson 38, Georgia Southern 7. Clemson the second-ranked team in the country. Stanford 30-10 winners over UC Davis. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish getting a win against Vanderbilt. And, you know, they struggled in the game. They struggled in the game, but they pick up the victory. The eighth-ranked uh, Fighting Irish gets the win 22-17. It was Auburn losing to LSU in a last minute field goal, 22 21, as Auburn, 7th rank, goes down to 12th rank LSU in the game. It was Boise State losing to Oklahoma State 44 21, 24th rank Oklahoma State beating 17th rank Boise State. Oregon gets the win 35 22 over San Jose State. The Alabama Crimson Tide continue to roll tide over college football as they cruise over Old Miss 62-7. Mississippi State gets to win 56-10 over Louisiana. How about Tom Herman? I told you guys this on Saturday. Tom Herman has to win this game against USC to save his career in Texas, and he did so. Texas getting a 37-14 win over the 22nd-ranked USC Trojans. Washington a winner, 21-7 over Utah Arizona State, a loser to San Diego State, 28-21. So overall, for the picks this week in college football, I went 23-7. and Unbelievable. Top 25 for college football looks like this. Alabama, number one. Georgia, two. Clemson, three. Ohio State stays at four. Oklahoma at five. LSU at six. Stanford's at seven. Notre Dame stays at eight. Auburn now drops to nine. Penn State is at ten. Washington still at tenth as well, too. Uh, West Virginia at 12th, Uh, Virginia Tech 13th, Mississippi State 14th, Oklahoma State 15th, Central Florida 16th, TCU 17th, Wisconsin 18th, Michigan now goes to 19th ranked in the country, Oregon is now 20th ranked, Miami is 21st ranked with their win over over Toledo, 22nd is Texas A&M, Boston College 23rd, Michigan State now goes to 24th, and BYU is now 25th ranked in the country. So college football will preview all the games this upcoming Friday on our f- special Falcon Friday edition of all the Alpha. and we'll also preview the Miami of Ohio game for the Bowling Green State University Falcons. As you're listening to all the Offer today, right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podcast Now, however you're listening to me, wherever you're listening to me, thank you for tuning into the program. And now we'll take a break from the gridiron, And hit the diamond. Cause we have a championship to crown. So now we hit the diamond, and the tigers took two of three from the Cleveland Indians. Not that that's a big surprise for me, but the big news is this. The Indians have won the American League Central. Yes, the Indians have kindly clinched the American League Central as they take the Central for the third time. In three years, unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable. Now, let's break down the game. You heard this game on Friday, of course, when we did the show Saturday morning, but we'll recap it again for you. Friday, the Tigers were a winner, five to four. The Cleveland Indians, Verhagen, the win, he goes to three and two with a four point seven zero ERA. Climber, the loss, he goes to three and seven with a three point six one ERA. Edwin Encarnacion homered, Josh Donaldson homered, and uh, Camilleri for the Tigers homered and propelled the Tigers to the victory. Shane Green in the save, his 29th save of the season. And then he gets to Saturday, and Fulmer struggled. Oh, he struggled in the game. Absolutely struggled. It was, He didn't get out of the second inning. As the Indians pounded the Tigers 15-0. Fulmer the loss. He goes to 3-12 with a 4.69 ERA. Clevenger the win. He goes to 12-8 with a 3.06 ERA. Lindor, Brantley, Alzo, all homered for the Tribe. And with that win, gave the Tribe the American League Central. Yes, the American League Central is now won by the Tribe. They have won the American League Central. So now they have about two weeks, give and take, before they can get ready for the the postseason, and they'll probably be playing either the Houston Astros or the Oakland Athletics. So we'll see what happens with that. And then Saturday, of course, the hangover from the from the celebration on Saturday continues into Sunday as the as the uh, Detroit Tigers beat the Cleveland Indians six to four. Francisco Liriano the win; he goes to five and ten with a four point five four ERA. Shane Bieber the loss; he goes to ten and four with a four point five zero ERA. Aduci and homered for the Tigers. So the Tigers then headed back home for the final homestand of the season as they took on the Minnesota Twins. And Monday night, the Twins thrumping the Tigers 6-1. It was Stewart the win. He goes to 2-1 with a 4.40 ERA. Rosario, his 24th. Polanco, his 6th. As Jordan Zimmerman gets the loss, he goes to 7-8 with a 4.41 ERA. No home runs hit. In the game, so last night, of course, the tribe took on the Chicago White Sox. It's the White Sox. It's the Sox series, home, the final stand of the homestand. It's the Sox series, three series, three games against the White Sox, and three against the Red Sox. As the tribe were off on Monday, they took on the White Sox last night and went five to three. And Kluber having a lights out game, getting his nineteenth win, his career high nineteenth win of the season. As the Indians cruise to a 5-3 victory, Kluber the win 19-7 with a 2.93 ERA. Radon gets the loss for the White Sox. He's 6-6 with a 3.30 ERA. Miller the save, his second of the season. As Kippy goes yard, as well as Pollock his 25th, and Nirvanas for the White Sox, his eighth of the season. The Tigers losing to Minnesota, though, unfortunately, 5-3. Donzi, the win, he goes to 7-10 with a four point five three five ERA. Daniel Norris, the loss, he goes to 0-5 with a 5.71 ERA. Hildenberger gets to save his seventh of the season. Now, the tr- game today, the Tigers had a 1-10 start time today. It'll be Turnbull on the hill for the Tigers today. And Minnesota had not yet named a starter in the game today um, for... The 110 start time today, but it will be Moya on the hill. He is three and one with a 4.73 ERA. 110 start time for that game. You can watch that game on Fox Sports Detroit. And then the Tigers welcoming Kansas City Thursday through Sunday for the final homestand of the season before they hit the road to play Minnesota for three and Milwaukee for the final three games of the season. For the Tribe tonight, tonight it will be. Cookie Carrasco on the hill, 16-9 with a 3.43 ERA. He'll take on corvey who is 5-13 with a 5.64 ERA, 7-10. Start time for that one. Thursday's game, the concluding game of the White Sox series, it will be James Shields, 7-16 with a 4.53 ERA. He'll take on Josh Tomlin, who's 1-5 with a 6.49 ERA, 7-10 start time for that game as well. And then the Tribe welcome in the Boston Red Sox starting Friday night. And we'll preview the Boston series, for the Tribe on Friday's edition of the program, by the way, the Thursday game for the Tigers and the Royals, both teams have not yet named starters for that game. So now looking at the standings going into today's play, this is what it looks like. American League Central is wrapped up. The Indians are at 84-66 and 66 in first place. Minnesota is at 70-81. and 81. Detroit 61 and 90, the White Sox 59 and 91, and the Kansas City Royals 52 and 99. In the East, the Boston Red Sox have won the American League Central Division. And they clinched the division. They they clinch a playoff spot. They haven't clinched the division. The Yankees are two games away from being eliminated from the contention for the for the um for the division. And it didn't really help them that they've they've been losing as of late. To the Red Sox in this final series against the Red Sox. Red Sox 103 and 48. The Yankees 92 and 58. 10.5 games out of first place. Tampa Bay, 84 and 66. Toronto 69-82. And, and Baltimore 43 and 108. Houston, and this is where the for me it's a toss-up. Houston is in first place at 95 and 56 in first place. Oakland is five games out of first place at 90 and 61. They're five games out, seven games away from the elimination. Seattle, 83 and 68, they're officially eliminated. The Angels are 75 and 76, and the Texas Rangers are 64 and 87. The National League looks like this it's a turning out to be an interesting preventative. Atlanta is 83 and 68 in first place. Philadelphia is 77 and 73, five and a half games out of first place. Washington 77 and 75, six and a half out, five games away from being eliminated. The Mets are 70 and 81. minnes- and um, Miami is 59 and 92. Central, three teams still in the race right now. The with the Cubs running it right now at 89 and 62. Milwaukee 86 and 66, three and a half games out of first place. St. Louis, 84 and 68, five and a half out, six games from being eliminated. Pittsburgh, 76 and 74, and the Reds are 65 and 87. The West, it's a three team race. The Dodgers still holding spot right now at 84 and 68. The Colorado Rockies are 82 and 69, a game and a half out, 10 games away from being eliminated from the playoffs. Arizona is 78 and 74, six games out, five games away from being eliminated. The Giants are eliminated at 72 and 80, and the Padres are eliminated at 60 and 92. Wild card looks like this: if the wild card standard today, it would be Boston, New York, it would be Boston, Cleveland, and Houston, and the wild card teams. It would be the wild card playing game between the Yankees and the A's. Tampa Bay seven game five and a half out of a wild card spot, and Seattle is seven games out of a wild card spot. The National League looks like this. Milwaukee and St. Louis would be the wild card playing game. Colorado, a game and a half out of a wild card spot. Philadelphia and Arizona, six games out of a wild card spot. And Pittsburgh and Washington are seven games out of a wild card spot. So we'll see what happens with that. As we're getting closer and closer to the end of the baseball season and we're getting into the playoffs. Speaking of playoffs, I want to say congratulations to the Durham Bulls. Back-to-back Governor Cup champions as they beat the Scranton-Wilkes-Barre Rail Riders in their series for the Governor's Cup. And last night they played the Memphis Redbirds in Columbus, Ohio. And lost to Memphis in the national championship game as Memphis wins the game by a final score of 14-5. to So, all in all, minor league baseball is officially done. Bring on minor league hockey with the walleye. That's be the next thing that we'll talk about. As you are listening to all Andy offered today right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be iTunes, Google Podcasts, Podcast Now, Spotify, however you're listening to me, wherever you're listening to me. Thank you for tuning in to the program today. And um, yeah, let's uh, let's dive into the NFL. You know, let's just let's go for it. We stink. Oh, oh, we are just, we stink. We are absolutely terrible. It just doesn't get any easier for the Lions. It really doesn't. This is just, I, I don't know what to say. This is just, this has been a hard I told you at the beginning of the season. I told you at the beginning of the season that this was going to be a hard year for us Lions fans. Patricia doesn't know how to run defenses, he doesn't know his team. You know, this, the whole Garrett Blunt situation. That that right there should have been addressed right off the bat. Gets ejected for pushing the player after the play was done on sportsman like conduct, an automatic ejection. And We stink. We're hor- and it doesn't get any easier for us. It really doesn't. It really doesn't get any easier for us. Lions lose to the San Francisco 49ers, 30-27. to Stafford had a great game. He had a fantastic game. 30 for four, 34 for 53, 347 yards, three touchdowns in the game. And one of them was to Michael Roberts, who was the former UT grad. One catch, 15 yards, one TD in the game. Kenyon Johnson, eight touches for forty-three yards. Golden Tate, seven catches for for one hundred and nine yards of the game. But I say it again: it just what what are, what do we have to do? What do we have to do to get the win? As Jimmy Garoppolo. 18 for 26, 206 yards, 2 TDs, no interception in the game. Pierre Garçon, 4 catches for 57 yards. Uh, Brenda, 11 carries for 138 yards, 1 touchdown in the game. As San Francisco had 346 yards of total offense, 156 through the air, 190 on the ground, no touchdowns, 9 penalties in total in the game for San Francisco. For the Lions, 427 yards of total offense. 329 in the air. 98 on the ground. Not going to cut it. One turnover in the game. 10 penalties in the game. It, and like I said, it doesn't get any easier for us Lions fans. It really doesn't. Because after this this past week against the 49ers, we played New England at home on Sunday Night Football. You don't think it gets any easier than that? We go to Dallas to play the Cowboys. And the Cowboys looked really good on Sunday Night Football. After the, after how they performed against Carolina, I think they finally got their, their act together. All right, so they play the Cowboys. Then we are home to play the Packers. There are three losses there. We're going to be and 5 folks. Before the season is not even... Half to halfway yet. And then we're on the road to play the Dolphins. That could be a win. At home to play Seattle, that could be a win as well, too. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I'll tell you one thing that had to happen is that the Browns had to have had to win this game against New Orleans. They had to. And Gonzalez screwed them over. Absolutely screwed them over. Two missed field goals. Two extra points missed. A chance to win and to open the coolers up. And he couldn't get the job done. And he gets cut the next day, which he should have been. He missed the extra point against Pittsburgh to win the game. He missed two extra points on Sunday, excuse, and he missed a field goal. That's four kicks he's missed that could have game him the win. Kicking killed Cleveland in that game. As New Orleans beat the Browns 21-18. to 18. Tyrod Taylor, 22 for 30, 246, one touchdown, one INT. Carlos Hyde, 16 carries, 43 yards, one touchdown, Antonio Callaway three catches for 81 yards for the Browns for New Orleans. Drew Brees a good game 28 for 35, 243 in the air, two touchdowns, no ints. Kamara 13 carries for 46 yards. Michael Thomas 12 catches for 84 yards, two touchdowns in the game. Breakdown looks like this: the Browns had a total amount of yardage of 327 yards to New Orleans 275. Cleveland 234 of the air, 93 on the ground. New Orleans 213, 62 on the ground. So the run defense helped out a lot better in Game 2 for the Browns. And New Orleans had two turnovers in the game, so the Browns no no turnovers. Both teams had four penalties in the game. So you look at the rest of the NFL. Baltimore loses to Cincinnati on Thursday night. Cincinnati a winner 34-23. Atlanta 31, Carolina 24. The the Chargers were a winner, 31 to 20, over Buffalo. And Buffalo is struggling right now. The second tie in NFL history. We had two ties in the first two weeks. The first time it's ever, second time it's ever happened since 1969. As the as the Minnesota Dol, Minnesota, I almost said the Minnesota Dolphins. Minnesota Vikings, and the Green Bay Packers tied at 29. Because Miami played the Jets, and Sam Darnold got shut down. 20-12 in the game. Kansas City was a winner over Pittsburgh, 42-37. So that shows you that Pittsburgh is struggling right now without Le'Veon Bell. But Connor having a great game as well. Two, Tampa Bay was a winner, 27-21 over the Philadelphia Eagles, And it's going to be interesting to see when Jameis Winston comes back if Ryan Fitzpatrick is still going to be the number one quarterback. Because in my opinion, he should still be. Tennessee a winner 20-17 over the Houston Texans. The Indianapolis Colts were a winner 21-9 over the Washington Football Club. The Rams were shutting out the Arizona Cardinals 34-0. Denver getting the surprise win over Oakland 20-19. And here's a big one. Jacksonville beating New England... 31-20, Thirty one to twenty. And I had New England in that game. I thought, you know, the continuing of uh I think Gronk and him and Tom Brady going into Jacksonville, but Jamie he's for real, folks. He's for real. Jacksonville winner thirty one to twenty over the New England Patriots. On Sunday night, Dallas getting a twenty to thirteen win. And the Giants made it close at one point, but the Giants offensive line is absolutely atrocious this year. Absolutely atrocious. And um, we'll see what happens when week three comes around the corner. And Seattle was a winner, actually lost to the Bears, and the Bears look very, very good. Their defense is solid now, especially with Khalil Mack now in the game with them. That's a fear on the midway, folks. As Chicago was a winner 24-17 over the 12th man in Seattle Seahawks. We have one game looking forward to this Thursday as the New York Jets head into Cleveland to take on the Browns. 820 kickoff for that game. I'm gonna take the Browns. I'm gonna take the Browns until they win a game. And then I had a friend of mine, my friend Danny Facer he asked me, You can't keep taking the Browns every single week, and then when they win, you said, I told you that they were gonna win. So I'm gonna take the Browns this week against the Jets. It's a short week. I think they can win. They have to win. And we'll see. We will absolutely see. As you're listening to All Andy Elford today right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcast cast, wherever you're listening to me, however you're listening to me, thank you for tuning in to the program today. And it's now time to put on your jackets! Yes. The NHL's back, and preseason hockey is underway. As the NHL is back, of course, folks, as the Jackets are back in action as they took on the Buffalo Savers Monday night for the first preseason game. Now, before we continue, uh, preseason, the, they've been in training camp since Thursday. They had the run day on Friday, the two-mile run. Saturday, they had scrimmages and skate tests. Excuse me, skate tests. Sunday was a scrimmage day, and Monday was the first preseason game against the Buffalo Sabres. And Buffalo came out and beat the Columbus Blue Jackets by a final score of 4-1. to one. Berglund gets his first of the season. Savard, some of the key, key names in the game, Berglund scoring for Buffalo. Savard also for, Savard for Columbus was the only goal scorer in the game as Warwick Stopped 20 of 21. Teason for the Blue Jackets, was in the game. No bob. And you don't see any of really the main starters starting the game, starting for the first game of the season. Teason stopped 19, excuse me, stopped 9 of 13 shots on goals. Looking at the stats in that game, it was Columbus out shooting Buffalo 37 to 20. They had... uh, Buffalo was 1 for 4 on the power play. Columbus 0 oh for 5 on the power play. Uh, 20 hits for the Jackets, 14 for the Sabres. It was 15 blocks for Buffalo to Columbus' 11. Um, yeah, faceoff percentage Columbus was 52 point so 53% to Buffalo's 47% in the game. So, like I said, Berglund scoring for Buffalo was one of their key, key games. And you didn't see any really of the big starters starting for the Sabres in the game. The Jackets really didn't start any of their big starters in the game. It was mostly a, a low-key group. They did have Dubitsky, Dubois, Milano, Broadhurst, Bjorkstrand, Savar, Nudavarin, and Duclair, the new kid, all playing in the game. But last night, the Jackets did play the Chicago Blackhawks. Hawks didn't really travel with that many of their, their top-tier guys, like like... Taves or Kane or anything like that. Uh, Blackhawks did lose this game to the Blue Jackets 4-1 to as the Jackets get the win and are now tied, not technically tied, but they're 1-1 in preseason play as the Jackets outshot the Blackhawks 31-22 to in the game. It was Zach Delphi, Alexander Wemberg, Cam Atkinson, and the new kid, Lyndon Foley, all scoring in the game. For the Blackhawks in the game, they dressed uh, Arsene Panarin, the former Blue Jacket, of course, um, uh, Michael Hamhuse, as well as Sakura. But they also had Cam Ward in the net. He stopped 13 of 15 in the game. Della started stopped 14 of 16 in the game. For the Blackhawks, the Jackets dressed pretty heavily of veterans in this game today. Last night they had Seth Jones, Wemberg, Atkinson. Riley Nash is making his Blue Jackets debut. Uh, Ryan Murray, Zach Delphi, Boom Jenner, Lucas Sedlak, Gabriel Carlson, Nick Foligno dressed in the game. Anderson played good in the game, and Brule was the starter for the game. And if you if you saw Brule at the beginning of the game, he stopped fourteen of fifteen in the game. And the thing was, he was wearing a Blackhawk mask. And then I looked into it. He's a player for the Indianapolis Fuel. And remember, I said this: the Jackets don't have an ECA affiliate, so they can send their prospects wherever they want to go, or where they, where they come from. So he's in Indianapolis. I'm looking forward to seeing Indianapolis when they come to town and see this kid play. Is, uh, looking at some of the other games that happened around the NHL in the preseason, Vegas getting the win five to one over the Colorado Avalanche. Toronto was a winner four to one over the Ottawa Senators. Philadelphia was a winner five one over the Islanders. Boston getting the five two win over the Washington Capitals. And by the way, I want to give a shout out to my good friend Mr. Everett Fitzhugh. the voice himself. Got the chance to call that game. I got a chance to listen to that. Listen to the second period of that game. Sound fantastic in. Ready in regular season form, ready to go for this season, killing it in the D.C. area. So good for Everett! Congratulations on getting that getting that honor for that. Uh, Carolina was a winner four to one over the Tampa Bay Lightning. Dallas was a winner five to three over the St. Louis Blues. Arizona was a winner four to two in a split squad game against the Kings, as they also beat the other side of the squad. Arizona was a winner four to three over the Kings, so the Kings zero two in their split squads. Vancouver was a loser to Edmonton four-to-and San Jose was a winner four to one over the Anaheim Ducks. We had one game this morning, of course, like I may mention before, that's why we're on the air this morning. The final Chinese game in Beijing, China, as it was the Calgary Flames taking on the Boston Bruins, the Bruins getting the win three to one in the split squad game for the for the Flames. The Flames' other squad will be playing the Vancouver Canucks tonight. Games in the NHL preseason look like this. The first Red Wing game at first Red Wing game preseason game tonight, 7.30 as they take on the Pittsburgh Penguins. I don't think they'll, they're not going to send Crosby or any of the big-name stars in that game. The Blues are at the Wild 8 o'clock draft for that one. Uh, Florida is in Montreal to take on the Canadiens. Philadelphia is in New York to take on the Flyers, Maple Leafs, and Senators tonight. 7.30 that game, another Kraft Hockeyville game in London, in uh, Linden, uh, Ontario. And as well as the Lightning taking on the Hurricanes, 7 o'clock drop for that one. Uh, Thursday looks like this. Some of the docket games, some games to Nick mention, Chicago is in Detroit. That's a 7.30 puck drop for that one. Vegas is in L.A. to take on the Kings. Capitals are in Montreal to take on the Canadians. The Devils are in in uh, New York to take on the Islanders. Dallas is in Minnesota. San Jose is in Anaheim. And the Kings are on the road to play the Vancouver Canucks. So that is the docket right there. Remember, next, next Tuesday, one week from... Tomorrow, one week from yesterday, we will be doing our NHL preview edition of the program. It's four games for the Jackets into the playoff, into the preseason schedule. We'll finally have a full definition of what this team looks like. You'll hear my take on the Jackets, on the Red Wings, on the Penguins, on the Kings, on the on the Golden Knights, on the San Jose Sharks, and so much more. And you'll hear my prediction on who I think will raise the Stanley Cup this upcoming season. That's this Tuesday, the twenty fifth of September. 2018 on the All Andy Alpha Network, as on powered by Anchor. As you are listening to this podcast today, right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be iTunes, Google Podcasts, Podcasts Now, Spotify, however you're listening to me, wherever you're listening to me, thank you for tuning into the program today. And now let's get into the final segment, which is the Andy Rantz segment. And uh, first and foremost, before I go again, I'd like to say Again, thank you for tuning into the podcast today and um and thank you for the continuing listenership that it is. And remember to pass this podcast along to your friends and your family, your coworkers, so on and so forth. And the possibilities of this show going you know, not just viral but in national would be fantastic to see. Um Yeah, um Lot not a lot to talk about today on the Andy Rance segment, but the, the one thing I would like to make, I want to say right now, and this is clear as day. It says we just talked about the NHL. Sign the contract, Bob. Take the deal. Now I've I've said this so many times before, as you are aware, Panarin and Bob are on their final years of their contract, they're going to be a free agent as of July 1, 2018. 2000, yeah, 2019. And Bob is a franchise player, in my opinion. Sergey Bobrovsky is one of the best players out there. The best player out there to get. And having lights out performances with us this, the past few years, and he's being the face of the fran- one of the faces of the franchise. Yeah, Felino, Dubitsky, and Bob are the three faces of the franchise. Atkinson is a fourth. These four guys are key players. Atkinson signing a long term deal. Bob is the next one that has to sign a long term deal. I like to see Bob as a jacket for the rest of his career. He is one of those players that is dominant in his profession. But his buddy, Arteni Panarin, is the reason why he is holding out. Because Panarin and Bob are good friends. And for me, the fact that that's happening is a tall tale sign that Bob is being swayed in by his countrymen. I think, in my opinion, Bob has to sign a long term deal with the Jackets. And it has to be done soon. Because goaltending wins you games it will win you games no matter what. Strong goaltending is key. And Corpus Allo will be a great play, is a great player. He would be a good number one when Bob does retire or when he does want to leave. But I i it, it just has to be done. Bob has to sign this contract. He has to sign this contract. And if I was Kekalinen and I was Davidson, I'd be pushing hard. I'd give him a blank check for The rest of his life. Six years, seven years. Make him be the highest paid goaltender out there. Bob needs to be a jacket for the rest of his life. Panarin, you can get forwards wherever you can get forwards. Duchesne's going to be available next year. There's going to be a lot of players available next year. That can help out. So let's get a goaltender situation. Let's get this goaltender situation done. And let's sign Bob. Long term. Plain simple. That's Andy Rantz. Tonight. As, uh, we'll be back on the air on Friday for our Falcon Friday edition. Of course, we will be back on Facebook Live as well, too. this upcoming Friday. So if you are not friends with me on Facebook, send a friend request. We'll get you set up for all Andy Elford on Facebook Live as well, too. So until then, this is Andy Elford saying I'm pulling for you. We're all in this together. The game of life. And to the teams that you root for at home, and to my teams, the Indians, Tigers, Mudhens, Walleye, Falcons, yes, we finally won a football game, the Buckeyes, Michigan State, and the Jackets. Go Jackets. Victory is sweetest when you have tasted defeat. Have a great rest of the week, everybody. I'll talk to you guys on Friday for another edition of All Andy Alfred. Love you. Talk to you guys then. This has been a presentation of the All Andy Alfred Network, powered by Anchor.